0: welcome to season three of the lifestyle chase and i'm your host chris little this podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health wellness friends and family to help this podcast grow please share it on social media rate five stars tell your friends and check out the past 140 episodes and counting You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. So welcome to episode 155 of The Lifestyle Chase. And I am joined by the one and only Lizina for a return visit to the show. So how are you doing?
1: I'm really good. I'm very good. Nice to see you. How are you doing?
0: I'm pretty good I got the the dishwasher running in the background so if people hear weird background noise that is the dishwasher but uh just doing some bulk recording for episodes so I'm pretty excited with uh with the uh, guest list that I've been able to compile and honored to have you back on the show um what was your day like today like how did it start and unfold and and all that good stuff
1: yeah. So today I was a little bit, uh, I took it easy, which was very nice. I don't know if you know this, but two weeks ago I ran my first marathon. So I'm in like sort of that post run recovery mode. And so today I was very, uh, it felt very nice to take it easy. So I woke up a little later than I usually do. Uh, I grabbed a cup of tea and uh, I just sat in bed and read a book for a little bit. And, um, Right before this, for a couple of hours, I went and met one of my closest friends, and we walked in the river valley here for a couple of hours and enjoyed some fresh air and chit-chatting and stuff that you don't we don't get to do in these COVID times as easily. So it was nice to be outside with with literally my closest friend in Edmonton and uh, spend that time together. Yeah, so that's what this morning looked like so far.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm really glad that you brought up the marathon because I followed that through social media and to to really comprehend how much of a community involvement there was and just like it was just so cool to kind of like I, I've run long distances I've never run a marathon I know how much uh, perseverance it takes to build up to that and in a year like this year has been I can totally understand how like magical that moment would feel so let's dive into that a bit further. Like, uh, take me through the process. Let's start off with, like, what what first inspired that idea? What was the light bulb momentary that led up to that day?
1: Yeah, so some of the background to that, yeah, that's a good a good place to start. I've wanted to, I've wanted to run a marathon probably since I was a teenager. And so I ran a lot when I was younger. I didn't run the way that I do the last few years. Uh, I ran a lot in my 20s, too. Um, but I've had a series and we talked about this a little bit last time too. I've had a series of health events that made wellness and health way more purposeful in my life the last few years. Um, and I would say in particular last three years, I was like, I want to run a marathon and I kept injuring myself. It was my Achilles at first. I injured my IT band last year and that was like a six month injury. And then this year, beginning of January, um, I noticed I was having a lot of pain in like my right butt cheek, which turned out to be a hamstring injury for most of this year and a piriformis injury. So anyways, those things prevent you from running long distances, though I run a lot of half marathons in that time. Um, and then at the beginning of the year, so that's a little bit of maybe more information than you needed, but wanted to share some of that. And then at the beginning of this year, uh, I went to a Mindspace event. I don't know if you've heard of the group Mindspace. Yep. Um, Austin and Andrea here in Edmonton have been leading that. And it was uh, an event where, I remember the day very clearly, it was minus 35 outside, uh, Celsius, for those that are American listeners. And uh, we went into a Lululemon store. We had a conversation. We decided to shorten the run portion after kind of setting the intention of what the conversation was. So we had a 20 minute outside, very, uh, lots of ice crystals on your lashes and your hair, like that kind of run. Uh, And then we came back and we wrote like, just a thought for ourselves. So they had created these beautiful postcards. You write whatever you want for yourself on it and they would mail it to you in some period of time after. And on there, I wanted to uh, write the intention down that I want to run a marathon this year. This was pre-COVID, so races were still happening. Um, And I knew I had this injury, but I was like, whatever, I'll just like figure that out quickly and then move forward with training. And that's a very different kind of training than training for a half marathon or a 10K or 5K or that kind of thing. So I wrote this intention down and it popped up in the mail sometime later. Um, I don't remember if it was a month or two, but sometime later it popped up and it was a good reminder of like, okay, I'm still feeling kind of injured, but I have no less intention of wanting to do this. That intention was still very strong. And then COVID happened. Um, And because I live with a chronic disease, being very purposeful but purposeful about health and wellness is still very front and center and top of mind for me i didn't go through the baking bread drinking wine phase like everybody else did i was very jealous of that because i wanted to participate in that too but i can't um so health and wellness stays very top of mind regardless of what's happening around me because i have to manage myself um so i still had that thought of i want to run a marathon Um, so went through a chunk of the year, still kind of injured, kind of getting better. And I shared with my very good friend, Andrea, also from Mindspace. Um, and she's very involved in all sorts of things in our city, that this is something that I wish to do. And so she's like, she offered to help. I was going to actually have her properly, uh, have a, you know, a coach, coaching relationship. And she's like, no, no, I'll just help you. Um, So I set that intention and and I got very clear of like the kind of training that goes into running a marathon, which I, of course, had never done before. It's very different than the kind of training that uh, happens for a half marathon. And so the amount of time it takes, the dedication, carving up time throughout your week is a very, very, very different thing. Eating very differently, even though I already think I eat pretty well, but, you know, eating purposely from a, like truly fueling what you're doing point of view. Um, So I started to go through that. So I only had about, I think a usual training, uh, marathon training cycle is about four months. Uh, I had about two and a bit months to do this, to train properly for this, because I wanted to make sure that my body was physically, the injury was in a good place. I actually um, hired Jack from Pivotal um, Physio to help me uh, be, I'd asked him to be my partner and like make sure my body stayed okay as I was going through this. Um, I had Andrea with me, guiding me and coaching me all the way through. Uh, from a distance, of course, so all of all of that happened from a distance. And it was at a time where, of course, you know, it was past June. So here, the sun starts to go down a lot earlier and come up a lot later. Uh, so a lot of early mornings that were in the dark. We know what it happens here at this time of year. Um, and I, I just put my head in a different space, mentally. You just put yourself in a different space. And I think in this period of COVID, it's just so nice to have something to work towards. Particularly when races aren't happening, other people are still running in the city and training for things, whether it's running related or other things. But lots of people are in my world, like just friend circle and professional network, maybe aren't doing that as much in a purposeful goal oriented way because there's not much to train towards right now. So it's like nice to kind of put a date towards it. And I chose a date that for me was important. I turned 40 this year. So I called this little thing 40 on 40. 40. And uh, plus 2.2 because I wanted to actually run the full marathon and I just did it the day before my actual birthday. And the only reason for that is it was a weekend and there's more time to run on a weekend. Um, so the training was great. It was very different. It was hard to keep my body physically on track. So that was nice to have some support from physio and then some massage therapy going through that. Um, and I think you know this about me now. I'm very extroverted and One thing I would say as part of my brand as an individual is I really care about community building. And I think in the period of time I've lived in Edmonton, which are a big chunk of my adult years, I've I've been involved in, like, building community and wanting to participate in building that. Um, So I've built a strong network of, like, friends and acquaintances and family in Edmonton when I don't actually have, like, actual family here. I do have in-laws here, which are my family, but my family is not here. So I would say because I care about all of those things, and it's a year of COVID where we can't gather inside, I decided to ask people if they wanted to come. And it was more about collecting people to come together, knowing that this is a very difficult year and physical health, You and I, I think you would agree on this, physical health is a nice outlet for your mental health yep. and, and yeah. making sure that that's strong and healthy. And so I invited some people to come uh, and run some loops with me. So I'd planned out four loops. Uh, and my good friend Jen Ferentz, um, who uh, was the former co leader of November Project here in Edmonton, uh, she's a, a, also an educator, a leader in the education field, and a million other things. I would put beside her name. She did this for her birthday as well a couple of years ago, I believe it was. And so I, I she inspired this idea of like running a few loops and inviting people to come along. And so i did i reached out i asked people to come i kind of gave like the covid warnings and rules and just be aware of your space and yourself and i know we're outside but we should still be mindful we're breathing hard as you're running um and what actually happened on november 1st at 8 a.m uh when i or a few minutes maybe 10 minutes or so before at 8 a.m when i showed up at the location where i asked some people if they're interested in coming come if you're not i get it it's covid or you're busy or whatever um I was blown away at what happened what happened and what unfolded in that period of time that morning. It was insane. It was crazy what happened and it was it was awesome. It was a beautiful celebration what happened that day that was 2 weeks ago tomorrow. Um and I'm still processing that awesome morning.
0: Well, it's amazing to just hear about that experience. Like these are the kind of moments that stick with you for a really long time. And just uh like genuine connection goes a long way in a person's life. Like for you being extroverted and seeking out like very meaningful, like relationships with people in which that they can support you in ways that help you move towards your goals and you can support them back to help them move towards their goals. Like that's what life is all about. Um, you, you talked about November project a little bit. I think you have a little bit of an update to give us from our last recording. So, um, Tell me more about uh, what led up to that, and like what that was like for you.
1: Yeah. So I have another piece of yeah. Pretty. I mean, COVID's had some really awesome silver linings in my life. There's been a lot of hardship, but there's been a lot of silver linings, and one of them is um, having been acknowledged and asked to be a co-leader for November Project for whatever the next chapter looks like during this period of COVID. Um, so I think you know that uh, Andrew Ferrance brought this concept here from Boston uh, in 2013, brought this here, and quickly enlisted the help of his sister, Jen, and Nadim, um, who who was initially, you know, one of the members that started going and showing up for these workouts. And so together, the three of them led this for a number of years, uh, I think two years ago, about two years ago, uh, Rob joined them. And so they were a group of four, Andrew stepped down, and it was the three of them for a while. So anyways, that's the background for those that don't know that. Uh, and in the period of COVID, I think it was actually Labor Day, it's actually Labor Day this year. So September, we were, you know, a number of months into, into COVID. And, uh, Jen and Nadim, who had been running and leading wonderfully, leading November Project for seven years at that point, chose and decided it was time for them to to step down from such an incredible role. Uh, and so, for as a participant, I had been going for six point six years at that point. It was that was kind of hard news to hear because I just adore them, uh, and I think what they've created is pretty cool and 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 life changing for many of us that go. It, it really is life changing for many of us that attend. Uh, and shortly after that, with both of their support, um, Rob, who was the remaining co-leader at the time, uh, those was the three of them having this conversation with them, but Rob who asked uh, and acknowledged that, you know, I've been going for a long time and I'm pretty passionate about it and there's certain things that he sees in me in terms of a partnership with him to lead, co-lead November Project here in the city of Edmonton. Uh, I had a lot of... Maybe some people can relate to this, or a lot of people can relate to this. I don't know. I had a lot of like, I don't think I can do this. Uh, I had a little bit of imposter syndrome. I had a lot of like, I don't think I'm worthy or qualified to do this. Uh, I had I had a number of reasons, and maybe there's a couple of them I would discuss here with you and share my personal reasons of why I don't know if I was the right choice. Um, I heard, of, you know, when when Jen and Nadim shared that news that they would like to step down and that this was their choice. Uh, I was really grateful for the seven years with them. Um, and I I also was like, well, I can't step into those shoes of those amazing, incredible community builders in our city. Like, look what they built for all of us to, the sandbox that they built for all of us to play in. I can't step into those shoes, but that's not what I'm being asked to do or what I was being asked to do to step into that. One of the big, um, was my personal fear that we had a conversation about that day was, yeah, I've been coming for a long time I really enjoy, it. this is a big part of my life, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, minus 30, plus 30, rainy, sunny, windy, it doesn't matter, you just show up and you, you spend time with incredible individuals in the city. I don't know if I feel qualified or worthy. And I also had a comment to them of like, I don't know if I can be the co-leader, I'm not white. I don't I don't literally mean that. I mean, you can look at my face right now and see that I'm not white. Yeah. So I don't actually mean that. I was talking to them about a few things when I say that, of, yeah, I've been coming for a long time, but there's a little bit of me that still feels like I'm kind of on the outside and on the fringes of this group that I'm, I've am i been part of for so long. How can you feel on the outside of something that you've been part of for so long where I have a lot of friends in this group? So I, I broke that down of what I meant and they totally understood, all three of them understood what I meant. We talked through that, we unpacked it and I, I felt in a place where I'm not in a clique. There's lots of lots of clique slash old existing groups of friends that exist in November Project, and I'm not part of any of those. I'm friends with all those people that are in those places. I will say hi, and we're all friendly to each other, but I didn't have that additional layer of like, I belong to this little group here. And so that's a piece of what I meant. I also meant that, do I maybe feel a little bit this way because I'm brown? I don't maybe that's my own perception i don't i think anyone listening to this might be like no i've never felt that way about you like you, you know that i have to think about that that's just how i walk through the world yeah so i had some of those pieces that i had, had to unpack as part of the conversation of like we've never had i mean nadim's not white so i can kind of confidently say that but like so we've had a co-leader who maybe has experienced some version of what I. i mean our lives are different our life experiences are different but there was understanding all around from all three of those people sitting at the table of what my feeling was, whether it was right or wrong, it's my perception of how I feel. And we had a discussion and we unpacked that together and talked through what why that experience actually is very valuable to be step up and be a co-leader for November Project. That's actually a strength that all three of them acknowledged and, and said, I think this is something that would be important to bring to the table for whatever the next chapter of November Project looks like in this period of COVID and beyond. And so uh, it was asked of me that day to not say yes or no, just to think about it. Let's have the conversation that we had um, really have a conversation with my husband, because this is not just about me. This impacts my volunteer time, which is significant and impacts my life and our, you know, our personal time. So I thought about it for not very long. Cause I came home and my husband saw the smile on my face and he's like, you really want to do this, huh? And I was like, I don't, I still feel like unworthy, but the conversation that unfolded with Jen, Nadine, Rob was very important to me. And it was pivotal in changing some of those fears into like, maybe they're actually strengths that I might have felt this perception, whether they're right or wrong. Perceptions are still like how I felt. Um, They turned those into like some positive strengths of why that would be important to bring to the table. So, yeah, I called Rob the next day and I said, I say yes. (laughs) That's literally all I said to him. I say yes.
0: That is awesome. That must've been like a really fun conversation to have just to be able to just like, I don't know, just soak it up, just enjoy it and like take that leap sort of thing.
1: Yeah, it was. And one one of the fears that when I said, I say yes, we shared that a few weeks later, it was still like kind of, I didn't really tell anybody for very long, but, or for, for, for a few more weeks. I One of my fears was like, what is everybody else gonna think? Everybody who comes to November Project, And as soon as we announced it, and actually, let me back up a bit before we announced it, I got a lot of messages, texts, direct messages on Facebook, Instagram from people who do come to November Project saying, I wonder, I think you should step up. And that blew me away because I had names in my head of a few people who I thought would be a great next leader for November Project with Rob. I had a number of people in my head, like, I wonder if this person would be asked or they would want to step up, however it would have been decided. But I had in that few weeks of time I had a few quite a few people reach out to me and say that about me and that blew that blew me away because I'm one of like in some in the summertime like one of like hundreds of people that show up so that was that was very impactful that was flattering but it was it was it was quite an honor to have been thought of by friends that go to November Project but and also people who I know I'm friendly with but we're not very close friends um we announced it and the overwhelming positive response from those who came really settled that fear of like I'm not good enough and will people think that this is a good choice everything that I heard that I read that was said to me once that was announced like really calmed that piece down that I I could step into such a role and I don't have to fill anybody else's shoes but like wear my own shoes and move forward on this journey with a partner so yeah that was pretty cool.
0: Well, it's an important message for people to really absorb, like, um, being able to not have to fill anybody else's shoes, but having that courage to have the self-belief to move forward. Like I, I completely empathize with, with that whole process, like the whole thing pointing out, um, just doubts in stepping into that role with like who who you are versus who I like let's say if it was between you and me and me being a white guy and you being brown like there, there is that that does exist in society and it is such a, a tricky tricky thing but at the same time like from me from an outsider perspective like I get to I, I see all the November project updates I'm kind of one of those guys that pops in like twice in a summer and does the stairs or whatever when I'm bored and so I get to see it from from the sidelines and I'm like No, like there is great merit and value in having you as one of the the leaders of that group and it's just like there are things that you can do for people that I would never be able to do and I think that's the beautiful thing about seeing you getting to take that leap and seeing that you have the strength and the courage and the bravery to, to to do what you do best like from my standpoint I got to see how many like online workouts you were kind of like leading like just all of the, uh, the different live feeds and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like her work ethic is just like next level. <laughs> it's just your, your attitude through COVID was definitely motivating for like someone like me who my whole livelihood is fitness. And just uh, you, you spoke to how you had to take a different approach to the whole like 2020 experience. And I know I've said it before, but like watching you prepare meals is like, for me, I don't need to watch like uh, cooking TV anymore. I just watch your uh, Instagram story because it's like, oh, I didn't think of that. And it's like, oh, I should probably refine how I cook things. Maybe I shouldn't use the microwave and things like that. It's just (laughs) like, I, I value that perspective. And I'm a person that really like gets more out of life from having diversity in life and yeah. i think if uh, more people are open to that they will have a lot more abundance to soak up and i'm excited to see it all unfold and see people grow and evolve and take leaps and get strong because of the people that they're gonna have in their circle like i think it's just it's a solid Absolutely. solid journey
1: yeah i feel that way too i mean and i sh- maybe you notice this even through the outlet of like i like to cook even through cooking, I don't just cook one kind of food. And I don't, I definitely don't just cook like Indian food. I certainly, and I'm not even Indian, like I'm West Indian. Like I don't even just cook that. I, this is just maybe just the way that I was raised. We were raised as I'm from Richmond Hill, Ontario. And that, that's where I grew up. And, and I lived in a very diverse place, went to diverse schools, definitely not at well, It wasn't diverse elementary school. I went to a very Italian elementary school, Catholic elementary school. So it wasn't diverse because it was mostly Italians. Um, but but you know living where i lived growing up and having the parents that i had we were exposed to lots of different cultures and we actually were um encouraged strongly more like told actually to embrace other people's cultures and so w- one big way that made sense for my family cuz we're all very into food was through food or is i wish I, I shouldn't even say was is through food so you'd probably notice that even in that outlet like i try to cook food from all sorts of different Cultures and and in a way that's mostly my eating considerations, um, but I care very much about that. And that's how we celebrating diversity of other people come here and brought like the amazing parts of their culture with them, um, just your food, right?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's pivotal in like connecting with people. I mean, when you're getting to know someone, to get to know them over the exchange of food, and even with like in today's world where we have to do our physical distancing, there are still ways to do it. Like it's simply you can watch how somebody else makes their meal and you make your meal in the same way. And then you talk about it in a message or an email or a video call. Like it's, there are so many ways to do it. um, And it just kind of opens up your world. It makes you uh, refresh your perspective. It has you in a position where you are positioned for more growth. Like, that's the beautiful thing about like changing up your, your surroundings and who you are influenced by and who you take leadership from is it positions you to have a much more abundant life. And hopefully as time goes on more and more people become more open to that because like it's, it's only meant to help people and elevate people. It like seeking a diverse lifestyle is never meant as something to make somebody change who they are. It is simply just to uh, give yourself the opportunity for the most um, fulfilling life, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So, I totally, yeah.
0: Um, when with with what we've talked about so far, we've we've covered a lot of like big big things in your year. Um, but like anybody else, you're human, you may have experienced some times when you had to do some, some self-reflection or maybe some of the days weren't exciting. Some of the days might've gotten a bit discouraging or stressful. Um, did you have any moments in your year where it was just like, Oh, I don't know if I can get through this day or like, Oh, I am overwhelmed.
1: You know, I've, i I'm very lucky. Just, I think it's just my outlook on life. So if things have been a little bit challenging, I, I've had a couple of days where I felt challenged, but overall I haven't, and it's just mostly mindset. So I'll talk about the days that I have felt a little bit challenged, and there hasn't been very many. I'm very fortunate in that sense. Um, my work situation is okay. It's It's been interesting to try to build and, and pivot a little bit and from a work point of view um, during this period of time. And that's gone, I think, very splendid in my opinion. Um, there's some cool challenges there, but the, the, and you know, lots of interesting opportunities to grow and build, uh, mostly for me, it's like through health and wellness during COVID, but the pieces of time where I've not felt my best or when I can't connect with people yeah. and that particularly o- the early days of COVID where we live for those that aren't living where we live, it was freezing here at the beginning of this, this time, March, early mid-March when this happened, it was still like minus 15 outside um and so i'm okay going outside in that weather I'm i'm weatherproof so i can go outside and and be okay that way but it's really hard to not do that with people that you know and so the relationships with friends um near and far friends like that was challenged very much and even just our way of connecting like i'll see you at this restaurant at this time this place and you usually just show up and you meet your friend in person when you're then connecting with someone on zoom, it's really easy to be like, Oh, it doesn't work for me anymore. Can we chat tomorrow? Well, I'm the kind of person where I expected that time with someone. Cause that's my outlet to communicate with someone. And when that is taken away for whatever the reason is, and no one has bad intentions. Um, that sucks. Yeah. And so then that goes inside my head of like, I just want to have that connection point. And that gives for an extrovert, that gives someone that gives someone like me energy to talk to someone like th- like what we're doing right now gives me so much energy versus just being on my own. And that, that doesn't mean I can't just sit and read a book. Cause I, I did that a lot this morning. Like I'm okay doing that on my own, but in terms of revitalizing me, I need that connection with people. So those few times where especially i would say more on and it doesn't ha- it didn't happen very often but it was more on like a weekend because my weeks are very structured with work and then there's some things even the modified routine of covid there's things that you do between and after work um but weekends are times when i didn't they weren't as full as they usually were and so, so in the beginning that was exciting because it's like interesting to have like a different routine but also you feel a little bit lost because you're used to doing the things that you everybody has whatever your routine is um, and they look different for all of us. Like I had more time and time sometimes to think more if you've had experiences where you can't connect with people that doesn't feel very great. Um, so I definitely had some moments where I was like, like, well, how do I, how do I fill that void of gaining that energy? Um, I'm pretty fortunate that I didn't have too much of that. To be totally honest, I am very, very lucky. I didn't have that. And I think it is the journey that I've been through for the last few years of Understanding, and I've shared this last time, so I don't need to go into the details of this too much. But understanding when you don't have your health front and center, you really don't have anything else. And so the journey of like pr- not just processing that, but like shifting mindset around what's actually important and actually caring about what's essential for your own well being and happiness and health and wellness and wealth and all of those things for yourself. I feel like that, like that period of time actually prepared me for COVID. It just, it just did. I have a strong, fairly strong mindset. It doesn't mean I don't have weaker mental health moments. I sure, I surely do. Um, I think it just prepared me for this slightly slower pace. And because I've gone through the exercise over years as my own personal development of what's actually important, I shed a lot of those things that were not important a long time ago. So having this lesser uh, stuff in life going on and more quality time. It's awesome.
0: Well, I mean, you uh, you outlined something that's really important to remind people about. And it's truly that uh, sometimes there's so much in the world that can kind of get distracting and get in our head and almost like reframe our situation into something that is worse than what it is or just so many different ways to take it, but I'll like explain a bit deeper. Um, when it comes to us in finding our, our most best situation to be in. Sometimes it is truly about like stopping, slowing down and like looking at like what are our basic needs and looking at how we can uh, really dive deeper into the quality of the food that we eat and the quality of the movement and then realizing, okay, like what is it that we need? Is it conversation, like meaningful conversation? Is it check-ins? Is it, um, the ability to learn and evolve and um, experience like new things and, and challenge ourselves. Like it can be very multi-layered and the more like soul searching we do, or the self discovery we do, the, the better positioned we are to, to feel a sense of stability in trying times. Like, I mean, I definitely can relate. I'm um, sorry. Um, there was periods of times in, uh, in COVID where, I felt I was like, yes, this is in my wheelhouse. I totally have this under control because of uh, the amount of self-discovery I've had to do as like a self-employed individual. And then, of course, there's times when it's like, oh, I'm used to like connecting in this way and that way. And then I realize, well, what did I take out of connection the most? And then I just find ways to reproduce that in different contexts. And it's like, it's not always flawless, but mm-hmm. having that context helps. Um, something yeah. that stood out to me from sort of like watching your COVID journey is uh, <laughs> experiencing the mountains fairly frequently. So, like, I mean, not super frequently, but like you went to the mountains at least once, right?
1: I went, I went uh, twice, once in May and once in June. And so this is a uh a silver lining of COVID that because we have this work from home situation, at least in my world, I do. I know lots of people aren't in that situation. Um, I had the flexibility to kind of work from anywhere. So I took advantage of that and took that opportunity. And so a week in May and a week in June off my husband and I went to the mountains to kind of half work, half spend some time like exploring. And so that was really fun. So I got some time to do that. And I, I got to we we spent time in Canmores where we were in Maine in June. And I got to uh know that town a little bit better. Um, I don't know about you, and for for those uh others that had this experience, I kind of spent like a weekend there or maybe blow in, blow out kind of thing over a day. And I didn't really get the chance to like know some of the walking paths and the bike trails and like where stuff is and like those kinds of things. Like I just know where a couple things are, where the Nordic center is. Um, and then that's kind of really it, but it was cool to spend some time there uh, and get to learn the city. And then another, like a big thing that actually happened as a result, another awesome silver lining of this period of time is I got to go home and work from home and home for me is Toronto, Richmond Hill, Ontario. Well, I'm from Richmond Hill, but the, you know, the GTA, I got to go home and um, because I'm immunocompromised, um, with what I have and what I deal with every day, I wasn't prepared and ready yet to get onto a plane. Um, and that was early July. And so probably in about May, I was in the mind space of like, am I going to go home this year? Am I going to see my parents, my sisters, my nieces, and nephew? Am I going to get to see people? Uh, I'm the kind of family member that goes home many times a year. So I go back to Toronto like four or five times a year. It's, At this point in the year, like, yeah, by Christmas time, like year year by year, I've gone home probably four or five times. Yeah. And so in May, I was like, I haven't been home from Christmas to May. And that was troubling for me. So we made the decision to drive to Toronto. And um, that was a crazy long, that was a very long journey. But I still got to spend the whole summer. Yeah. So we quickly got there quickly as in drove b- very big long days. It didn't t- wasn't quick, it takes many days, as I think you know, it takes a long time to get there. Um, but I got to spend the whole summer at home and have like hot, humid Toronto summer, which I love, um, and spend time with my family. So that was really cool. So there was some cool silver linings for sure of being able to be elsewhere, while still fulfilling, uh, you know, expectations cr- career-wise, uh, but spending time somewhere else. So I think that was another cool silver lining of, of COVID to get to go home and do that.
0: Yeah, well, it's cool the way you outline Canmore, just in the sense that a lot of people go to Canmore, but a lot of people don't really go to Canmore. And even just in the greater sense of it, like with Kananaskis and all the hiking trails and just everything that you can experience about uh, the ge- the geography of our backyard. Um, I've definitely like I've been a person who's just done a quick day trip just to go yeah. for a walk. And, like, then just hop in the car and go back home. Because, like, maybe that's all I could do in that day. But, like, there is a lot of uh, growth that comes from going for a long... Like, I usually allude to them as, like, being a vision quest. Like, just walk until your legs are tired. And then turn around and walk back. Like, make sure you're safe. Make sure that, uh, like, go with a friend if you can. But, like, don't have, like, the... um the expectation that you need to do a very specific thing have an idea of where you're going and just walk be with your thoughts reflect think about your obstacles um think about things that you know that other people have done or tried or seen just like we would when we're like seeking out our next recipe kind of thing and then as you walk back you might come up with some solutions and then if it's a long drive like you talk about driving across canada like long drives are awesome because it gives you so much time to sit in your thoughts. Like, did you have any big, big moments or big ideas on that drive or was it just a lot of just like focus and uh, get the job done kind of thing?
1: Um, on the way there, like, I mean, there were big days, right? So we had lots of, lots of really big conversations. We listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, some that were like, kind of like, we listened to Beartown. If you've ever heard of this, that was very cool. Cause it like, it's like a cool series on Netflix where you just want to consume it and binge watch it. So that was that was pretty good. Um, but we we got to see pieces of Canada that I've never seen. I've flown over at many times and maybe looked out the window or maybe not. I don't really like sitting by the window, so I'm probably not. Um, so that was really cool. And even parts, and we, we have lots of comments because lots of people we know have done this drive, whether you live here or you live in Toronto, like lots of people have done this drive um and so it was interesting to see pieces of canada that really make you appreciate how how lucky we are to live where we live but also and just the beauty of where we live so even places that i know have been characterized i've heard this from many people wherever they live it doesn't matter that like there's certain pieces of canada that are kind of boring looking in that drive i didn't find anything boring was it long it was a very long drive but every piece was very different, very diverse. We live in a very big, diverse country. I only saw a piece of it, right? There's still like lots on either side of that drive of Canada that I haven't seen pieces of. So yeah, some of that was, it was very long, but the landscape, some of the towns or the cities that we went to, like was all very interesting. And because, and again, this is a piece of like, we're so lucky we live in 2020. We all, we both of us, well, and it was mostly me cause I wasn't driving. We had our, I had my phone. So whatever we saw, we could just Google it and find out about that. We didn't have just have to wonder like, oh, I wonder about this. And then somehow figure how to look that up later, ask somebody, you could just find out right away. And I'll give an example. We were driving through we, the first night we drove from Edmonton to Brandon, Manitoba and we stopped there uh, and we woke up in the morning and it is flat, like flat. Like I've never experienced flat or seen in my entire life it's crazy. So lots of people talk about how it's flat and boring. I didn't find it boring at all. I mean, we were fascinating at how flat it was for hours, and how yellow it was at that time when it was early July. So it was very, very yellow. Um, So we were fascinated by that. And we're like, I wonder how far you can see right now. So just questions you would have like, I wonder where we are. So it was like, I wonder how far you can see. And so we both were like, is that 15 kilometers away? Like, I have no idea how far away that is. And so we Googled, like, how far is the horizon? If it was totally flat, like, how far can you actually see? So we had some cool moments like that, or especially when we got to the Canadian Shield, we wanted to learn, I knew a lot about the, shield, well, a little bit about the Shield growing up and learning about that in school, but neither of us knew that much about that. Like, how do things grow here? Or like, you know, we just wanted to learn how do you build in this landscape? Like, it's just interesting things like that where you can just quickly Google and find the answer to stuff. Or how did this town, how is this town here? There's lots of questions like that. so it's kind of
0: cool yeah that's a good way to travel and especially having access to the google the entire time is uh is something that we take for granted sometimes the ability to dive a bit deeper live on the fly kind of thing to understand oh like that is why the town is named elbow or eyebrow like those are two saskatchewan towns that i i have frequented in past years but uh and you, you talked about like the geography of uh, Brandon, Manitoba, and it kind of reminded me of a time that I got hired to do some contract work in Lloydminster, and so I did the drive to Lloydminster, and it is also kind of flat, and kind of just like, you know, not too much going on. However, um, it was one of my most enjoyable drives, because you set the vehicle in cruise control, and you get this time to process your thoughts and you get time to like I find that geography can sometimes influence my thoughts it's kind of like uh changing up if you're working from home and you've had the same desk set up for a long time changing up your desk setup can help you approach um different tasks in a whole new way for sure um, same thing for like thought processing like I would be on my drive and I'm like oh well like this is how I set up my website or this is how I do this and why don't I try this new way? like why have I never tried that? It's kind of looping back to your experience with uh, November project leadership like why not me? Like why not? you know like I think a lot of people could definitely add, ask themselves that question like no matter who they are, no matter what their experiences are, no matter no matter what. Because honestly, Mm -hmm. everybody who makes it to something, everybody who says yes to something um, started somewhere. Like nobody is just just born and then all of a sudden they have like all this experience or somebody like them has done it before. Like a lot of people have been the first person to do something. Um, And so why not them? And I think people can lean into that and ask themselves that question and find people who support them doing that thing. I think that's paramount into moving forward into any big goal, like moving forward. Just find the people who are like, hey, why not you? Because that's going to enable you to ask yourself that question and and move ahead and take those leaps and grow and be the leader that some people honestly need to see. Like It excites me to think about uh, how a community can feel more like a community when the community is seeing the leader that they need to see, if that makes any sense.
1: For sure. One of the things, maybe I'll I'll share this one last thing about, uh, about November Project from my perspective as step, you know, someone stepping into this role now, a friend of mine asked me this question as I was feeling scared about this, uh, saying yes to this. And she said, well, what would the possibilities be if you said yes to being, a co-leader and so there's some interesting things that are starting to happen like I see things a little bit differently than those that have come before me and those that are leaders in other cities around the world there's 52 cities around the world that host November Project I see things differently we all do we're all different uh, and so just being able to see things a little differently and maybe injecting my flavor but also I think the possibility the big thing for me is like well, what if more brown women showed up yeah. what if like what if a hijabi woman showed up? Like that would be a hit, like that would be awesome. What if more black guys came? Not because they necessarily like, I mean, a black person may not see themselves in me, but like maybe there's like, maybe there's a version of that of like, yeah, I mean, I this is somewhere maybe I should consider. Uh, so even if it's that minor thought process there, like that to me would be an interesting, like what would be the possibility? That'd be kind of cool. I'd love to see more Arab women come.
0: I completely Maybe some agree. People. Um, Yeah, like I'm, I'm on the same page there. Like, honestly, I think that makes a huge difference. I think uh, it, it's similar to my podcast. Like, I, I want people to see themselves in the guests that I have. And sometimes it's not easy to get somebody that everybody can see themselves in. But if, if I have the intent for that, it makes it so much more valuable than when I say that I want to help all people feel resilient, then there's a better chance that all people might actually feel resilient. And I'm not just saying that they should. Um, And yeah, it's going to be super exciting to see how it all unfolds and and see what can come of everything. But having said that, let's talk about goals. Like, uh, are you someone that has like a goal set for the next two years do you have something kind of on your radar that you're you're working towards like you you got your marathon you got that done um like what what's next
1: so i already, i had this like literally the day or two after i did that when i was in pretty bad pain from the injury that i had i was in i was in rough shape the very next day um but already my head was fine and i was like okay what am i gonna do next (laughs) so there was already i mean i think if you maybe have a little bit of this personality you kind of have some of that right what am i going to do next i think career-wise there's some pieces so i run a mentorship program for entrepreneurs through the university of alberta that's what i do full-time and so i think there's some pretty big goals that i've already set for myself in that space that i want to make sure Um, I put my mark on before, if if I, you know, I don't think in that time, if I choose to like move on, but there's some big things that I I wish to do. So I think I've sort of lined myself up in that space. Uh, In the very, very short term, physically, I want to do some pull ups. I think this is a nice little winter challenge for myself of like, I'm like, I'm pretty like, I'm pretty scrawny a little. I mean, I am I have some strength, but I would like to spend some more time in the strength space this winter, which will better inform my running, I know. But I think this is just a fun challenge to do. So can I just do some pull-ups? So that's just a personal thing. That's not like, nobody needs to know. I mean, I'm telling everybody right now, I guess, but that's just something that I want to do for myself of just, can I do some pull-ups? So I think some nice physical challenges are some, some things to do. Um, beyond that, like with November Project, this is unfolding and because of COVID because of the opportunities that happen when you think about diversity and inclusion in that community I think there's some interesting things that I want to work towards I would say myself and Rob my partner in all of this we are in the early stages of thinking through some planning of what does that look like in the COVID period of planning of course we both know like that can change without any we have no control over what that change might be Um, but we're planning to um, put some pieces in place that can help us through like the long cold and dark season that we have in front of us right now. Um, and consider like, can we do a version of being together while we still have to live our COVID life? And we physically maybe don't actually wanna, some people don't want to still be together or, or you know, continue to be together. So we're putting some of those pieces in place. Um, I think another big thing that's, it's a goal, but it's something I'm aspiring to, well it's a goal I'm working towards it I have this really exciting platform being an ambassador with Lululemon and when I said yes to this was very flattering to be asked and quite an honor it's not many people get asked to do this so that's pretty cool Um, one of the things I said very very early in this last year probably April or May last year 2019 was when I I go to a lot of I get to go to a lot of Lululemon events whether it's a running event or a you know, a hit event or whatever it is—just a community-building t- kind of event—before being asked to go to, to to take on this role. I was asked to lots of things. It was very nice to be included in the community. Um, I always felt like I was in the ground in there. I'm like it's a lot of like skinny white girls who are really fit and and go. And I love those skinny white girls; are great. Um, But that was a big point to me of like, this is not a very diverse community of people that show up to these kinds of events. And there was a lot of acknowledgement from the leadership groups here in Edmonton within Lululemon that, yeah, you're right. Um, And so as the last year has unfolded, particularly the last few months has unfolded of like, the yeah, you're right comment from leadership here is more and more turning into like, okay, well, we need to actually do something about this and take some action and I'm already in the space of of being an ambassador for what I really enjoy is uh, the organization of Lululemon. Um, can I have more of a voice in that space? And I don't need to be like, well, we should consider this in, in any kind of um, preachy kind of way in any kind of negative kind of way, but can I just show up as me and do what I do and share how I share and maybe open my, my arms a little bit wider and say, like, come and join us. Like, you're part of this community. Like, come here, brown friend, black friend, Filipino friend, like whoever, whoever it is, come and just do this because you're part of this community and I want you to be part of this community. And so I think some opportunities have already happened for me in that space to use that voice. And it's really just like, go ahead and use your voice. Like you, you are empowered to, to speak up and to share and to include others. And And so I want to do more and more of that in a purposeful way, in a meaningful way. And I mean, I also have to work in my own version of like including others as well. Like just cause I'm a brown woman doesn't mean like I'm fully inclusive of everybody. Like I have my own biases as a person too. I also know some of the experiences that have been fo- like crappy experiences that have informed how I see things and how I do what I do as I move about the world and why I do want to consider and include others. Cause it doesn't feel good when you're not included yeah. because of how you look. And I've experienced that. I mean, you, I just—that's the reality. When you look how you, when I when you look this way, and you've grown up in a place that's you're very you're quite the minority in Canada. When I was younger, you, yeah, you just you don't always feel included.
0: Yeah, well, I think that that's dialogue that people need to be open to receiving. Like, just like giving people space to say, like, what is your experience like? And then it for me to sit down and listen to people, just tell me what their experience has been like. And for me to think, okay, like I might have not known that, or now I understand that even more, or now I know the importance of like voting for certain things or asking people to the table or supporting different businesses. Like then, you know, the value, you know, how it impacts people's lives. Like on a very real level, not just like on Mm -hmm. a surface level, like it completely changes people's lives. And so it's like, It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it does. I'll share an experience with you, actually, Um, and we'll share names because I don't think this friend will want me to share her name. It's different when I share the experience with you versus you experiencing it yourself as a white person. So I'll share this because I think this was really, I think it was really impactful for my friend to go through this with me, a person of color. So I have a very good friend who's white, she's a pretty close friend of mine, and uh, she has kids. And when she was on mat leave, uh, she came downtown to um, have lunch with me one day because she had a little bit of, of time to be able to do that. We were walking around. She got the stroller. The kids are in the stroller. And we were going back to her vehicle, uh, helping her put the, the kids in the car. A woman was walking down the street. And a lot of people, when they see, like, babies, fake. Very excited, and they're like, Oh, show me your baby, I'm so excited for you. Like that's a normal reaction that like human beings have. So this woman was walking down the street, she wanted to see the beautiful babies, and like, you know, who and I am Googling and you know, Google Gaga over these little babies. And it was very apparent she didn't explicitly say anything, it was implicitly this happened. It was body language, it was tone of voice, it was the way she sort of implied things. It was very clear she thought I was the nanny. It was very clear. Wow. This is very, very very clear. So I didn't know if my, so we didn't say anything. I didn't know if my friend experienced what I experienced. Cause again, right. Like I said, with November project, this could have just been my perception. Um, so says, you know, whatever she says to the babies, we'll say goodbye to this woman, get in the car. And my friend is just about to drive me back to my home and then go back to her place with the babies. We get in the car. And my friend was like, Holy crap. That woman thought you were the nanny. Like, so I did that. like, I know. Like I wasn't surprised, I wasn't offended. These things happen to me in my life.
0: They just happen.
1: I think that might've been, and I don't know for sure, actually, I don't even know if I asked my friend, was that the first time you've ever experienced anything like that? And it occurred to me that maybe she's never experienced that where she's profiled or you know had that implicit bias put towards her because of the color of her skin as a white person. And that prompted. Now, fast forward a number of years, it prompted me in this period of time to have a, a conversation with my husband, who's white. My husband's white. Of, we've had many conversations in this period of time where you know social justice challenges, considerations, opportunities have arisen arisen for us. And I've had the conversation with him in one of a challenging conversation we had a long time ago or a few months ago. It was like, have you? I never asked this in twelve years I've been married. I'm like. Have you ever experienced racism as a white person? It was interesting. I never thought that before. Has he experienced moments where he's not felt included for whatever reason? Yes. Has he felt bullied over something? Yes. But feeling those feelings because of the color of your skin? No. I think he would have said yes. He's traveled a lot in his life. So I think he would say yes, being in other cultures. So there was an element of relatability, but it was just an interesting question. And then I, that moment with my husband actually made me think about that moment. I think it was six and seven years ago with my friend. of It I was implied that I was the nanny. It's a weird, weird feeling.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I I completely understand it all. And like something that I've really absorbed, I guess, this year particularly is just like Certainly, everybody can have their experiences, but how much impact does that experience have on like your life as a whole kind of thing? Like I could go to a new country and maybe have a different experience than I would in Canada. But is that going to change my whole life? Not really. And it's when it changes somebody's whole life that it's like, well, this isn't okay. And so for me, being the white guy, I have to bring that up. And then more people can understand, like, oh, like it's not so much that uh, we don't notice it; it's it's more so that we aren't doing anything to stop it. You know, like we aren't we aren't doing things that make people understand that you need to listen to everybody's experience and you need to um, just have different outlooks on things to to ask the questions, like, like so. You are a new stranger, and you are a new stranger, and you are a new stranger, and like tell me more about each of you so that I can understand your experience in this world and not just think that I know the experience and think that I know what you do or where you came from or what you're passionate about or what you made for supper kind of thing. Like so often we miss out on people because we're not like diving for, for further context. And that, that is with context to anybody and how they look out, look in their, their abilities and everything like that. Like I find the, the deeper I dive into conversations with people, the more I get from those people, just like in how much they fill my bucket and how much they can support me and, and care for me. And like, that might be very selfish, but at the same time, everybody has that opportunity to be mm-hmm. really selfish. Mm-hmm. Like everybody gets to really enjoy what someone else brings to this world. And if you are not open to enjoying what they bring to this world, That sucks for you, and I feel bad for people who aren't willing to ask more, like, deeper questions that open up their world to what there is in our midst, in our true, genuine community. Totally.
1: I just think, I mean, learning about others and others' experiences and cultures, and whatever it doesn't have to be their culture, but learning about them is so important. I I just think this was like a key value, a really core value of how I was raised. Of course, my parents are not, they're not from Canada originally. They're Canadians and diehard Canadians, but they're not from here originally. But we were always taught to appreciate others, but also to stand up like we were in the middle of three daughters or three little brown girls that grew up in very white Richmond Hill at the time, it's nowhere near being white Richmond Hill anymore. Uh, It's a very, very way more diverse than, well, I I think probably white people are the minority in Richmond Hill now. Um, But we were raised in such a way as three little girls who we weren't really taught to think so much about how we look. I didn't think I couldn't do what the little white Italian kid in my class could do, even though that kid comes from parents of, you know, who've immigrated to this country as well. We just were not taught that way. And I think also, like, I have a mother who worked full-time in a strong leadership role in finance, which is male-dominated that industry in the 80s and 90s. And so the opportunities that they gave us, based on their hard work, their sweat and their tears, has given myself and my sisters the chance to, like, grow and be who we are and take leadership roles and put our voice forward, but also, like, not really care that much that... I walk through the world as a brown person. I know that. I know that every day. I know that when someone implies that I'm a nanny, like I know that, but that doesn't stop me from wanting to like reach for the things that my parents want me to reach for. That's why they did all of that. So that I could do this. Hell and yeah. so, <laughs> heck yeah, 100%. And so I don't, I don't focus. And so maybe that's, I mean, that's just how I am. I don't focus on that so much. As opposed to like i want to go there i want to go there yeah and that's what they that's what they wanted us that's why they came here that's what they wanted for us as three brown women to not notice that i can't do what the white guy can do and reach for the same thing that that guy wants to reach for it never occurred to me that i shouldn't reach for those things
0: well like i mean there's there's no doubt that everybody should be in that space and that it it's not community if everybody doesn't have that feeling, you know? Like if everybody isn't able to show up like that, then something's wrong. And so yeah, that that's we should all
1: have that oppor- we should all have that
0: opportunity to to strive for
1: that. And if that takes in my situation I had parents who were supportive. In some people's situations, they don't have that. But should they have the support network, whatever that support network looks like? Yes. Yep. Yes, we should have that.
0: Absolutely. So to loop this back in and to draw our conversation to a close, I have a challenge for you. And your challenge is to give a challenge to the audience. And so drawing upon your experiences and the things that make you who you are, this challenge is meant to maybe put a person out of their comfort zone or perhaps just have them see things in a different way but it would be the challenge for their day. And so what I'll get you to do is say your challenge for the day is, and then just put it out into the universe.
1: You're springing this on me, but actually I can respond very quickly. I challenge those that are listening to look at people and look at the person who's cleaning the floor, the person who's got an accent and is like barely speaking English look at those people very differently than you currently look at them. Cause right now, I bet you don't even look at them. I bet people just pass those people on the street. That's someone's mother. That's someone's brother. More importantly, that's someone who came. Typically, I'm not going to completely generalize, but typically that's someone who came from somewhere else and has the grit and the hustle to have left whatever the heck they came from to come and build a better life for themselves and their families. Those people are warriors and those people are amazing. And most of the time we just pass them by because they clean the toilets and they do this and, you know, they do jobs that maybe some of us don't want to do, but they have such hustle and grit. They've learned another language. They've come to this country. They've rented apartments. They've bought houses and not in a land that they're from. That's crazy and amazing to me. And maybe because, you know, I have parents that come from that situation. I respect that. But I also have parents who only spoke English. They came from the Caribbean where English is like the language. They have have accents, but they didn't come from cultures where English is not a first language, which is such a barrier. And so important when I see people who come here and they speak English and they can read and write in English. And that is not their first language. I don't know if everyone appreciates those people. So my challenge is to notice and see those people and see them differently and see them for the hustle and the grit that they have. They came here with most likely nothing. And look what they're building here.
0: Well, it's so true. And even just no matter who is listening, um, looking into the people that you might not understand, that you might not have all the answers for, and giving them the time and the space to explore those answers with them at a pace that's comfortable for them. Not not seeking answers right away, being patient to learn about people, learn about our neighbors, learn about uh, People who we work with, who we may not have ever asked the questions of, you know?
1: Yeah, ask the questions. Talk to your Uber drivers. Those people came from, not always, but typically for me, they've come from somewhere else. And a lot of them got PhDs pick and pick a thing. Like, talk to them about their experience. They're well, not that different.
0: It's incredible that you bring that up because I haven't gone in an Uber in the last couple of years, but back when I would use Uber drivers, like, honestly, like, they give the best dating advice because they have <laughs> seen so many people, uh, there you they've go. driven people to dates and they've seen the repetitions of people who have failed of people who have succeeded and they're going to have some solid, solid life advice. And you're not going to get it if you aren't kind to them, if you aren't respectful, if you aren't gracious of the fact that they are probably driving you around in their personal vehicle at hours that are inconvenient to them like it's it's a paid service but it's still an exchange of energy and so being kind to everybody that we meet um isn't just like like an add-on it's like an essential thing be be a good person and that's the way the world goes around so having said that i'd like to thank (laughs) you so much for um joining me for a return guest appearance on the lifestyle chase
1: well, thank you for having me. This was this was fun to have this conversation on a nice Saturday afternoon.
0: Absolutely.